So a listener asks a common question, but with a new twist, Dan, is it too late for me? So when do we reach that tipping point when it's really too late? At what age do you think it is when we cross the line age-wise where we're just too old? And it's just maybe wiser to not want to know about a better life, but just better to exist and wait for the grave. I mean, is that 35, 50? Do you think you've missed your chance if you're 70? And is at some point ignorance really bliss after all? You've heard me talk about Dan Sullivan, who says, always make your future bigger than your past. Now, that's pretty stinking profound if you think about it. Always make your future bigger than your past. So, hey, stick around. I'm going to be answering a really big question and then sharing some of my own stories about doing things that scare the fire out of me and why I continue to do those right after these messages from our supporting sponsors. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, this is one of those days when I've got so much to cover, I'm reluctant to think where I'm going to have to cut it off. But I will. But I want to dive into using one question that is so indicative of the kind of questions we get day after day after day here, get lots of them, and I'll give you some of those as well. But I want to address this question where somebody says, my real question, is it too late for me? I'm 57, followed everything 48 days for years, developed some incredible ideas, started blogs, been to every webinar and Zoom meeting that's been offered, but I've never followed through, feeling somehow I'm just not worthy of this. Okay, that's kind of setting a stage for how we're going to unpack this. What are those things where you maybe have not taken action, where you wish in retrospect that you had? All right. Quotation comes from Eleanor Roosevelt, who said, do one thing every day that scares you. How about that for a thought? And our resource is, when is it too late? If you go to 48days.com slash old, you'll get some resources there. Free resources, just check it out, 48days.com slash old if you think maybe you missed your window of opportunity. You know, it's interesting to me when I hear from, you know, a 27-year-old who has a law degree and he says, you know, and I realize I don't want to practice law after all. I made a mistake and the implication is, okay, now I'm just going to have to kind of coast into the grave because I made that mistake. I'm going to do something else. I'm going to you know, drive a potato chip truck instead of being an attorney and I'm just going to have to endure life. Well, that's not the way it works at all. That's not the way it unpacks. You have plenty of time, no matter what age you are, to make a new decision and take action. Hey, you know, I want to, I want to tell you about a, a friend of mine as well. He's very active. He's actually our Dean of podcasting in our Eagles community, Eric Johnson. You hear me talk about him once in a while, but I have so many of you ask about podcasting itself. You know, how I've been doing podcasting for a very long time, but I continue learning and I've learned a ton from Eric. I mean, he's, he calls himself the podcast talent coach and rightfully so. I've taken his courses, been through his content. He provides all things podcasting. I mean, he's that guy in our 48 Days Eagles community and he does provide coaching services, editing surface services. He reviews podcasts like mine. So, you know, I just 
just as a resource, I want to share that as well. If you go to podcasttalentcoach.com, you may be thinking about starting a podcast. We hear from lots of you who are thinking you want to start a podcast. I talk about podcasting is the most powerful marketing tool I've ever experienced in terms of really connecting with people. I was on live radio for six years and then went to podcasting. Well, I continue to learn and I dig in and Eric K. Johnson, he's my guy. I encourage you to check him out again at podcasttalentcoach.com. All right, now I want to move into this question that I got from Michael, who says, hey, Dan, I'm a longtime 48 days guy from way back from Nashville. I've been a 48 days Eagles member since the beginning, followed your podcast since its beginnings. All right, now again, I started the podcast in December of 06. So we're approaching, what is that? Uh, 17 years, it'll be soon. I've really been excited about the Will It Fly event coming up. But a recent move from Nashville to Colorado Springs, um, and it goes on with some other things. You know, I'm not in a really cash-friendly position right now. Um, talks about his day job, and he's just not sure he can go halfway across the country to attend the event. Now, what he's talking about is, the, depending on when you're listening to this, it may already be over, but we've got this event scheduled for August 10th, 11th, and 12th in Sarasota. We're calling Will It Fly. I've been talking about it a lot. A lot of people coming. We're going to have a blast. He says, today I read your post about your preparations for the event, and it spoke to me. I've always thought I just need that one thing to push me to live in my dream with the complete freedom that working for myself presents. When is the last day to register for this event? I love big goals, like doing what now seems impossible and showing up in Sarasota, Florida would be a dream come true. My real question is, is it too late for me? I'm 57. Now, I think he's asking two questions here, Mike. I think you're asking both. Is it uh, too late to, to come to our event here in Sarasota? And it may be, again, depending on when you're listening to this, when you're getting my response. But you're also asking the larger question, is it too late in life to really follow your dreams? Mike continues, I'm 57, followed everything, 48 Days Eagles for years, developed some incredible ideas, started blogs, been to every webinar and Zoom meeting that's been offered, but... I've never followed through, feeling somehow I'm just not worthy of this. I've started blogs, sold things online, written a library's worth of content. I've not reached out to get the help I need because I'm afraid my past inaction defines me and the, and the excitement. I, I feel I will eventually turn to fear that I'm not good enough to pull this off. One saving thought is that if I can convince my brain that I'm going to get out there and try to fail at something, I can try something without the normal fear and doubt that stops me. I know that sounds crazy, but what if failure is some type of prerequisite to success? If I realize that I might fail at something, but instead of giving up, I can rejoice that I've tried, and as long as I don't quit with this new attitude, I need only keep working without the fear and doubt I normally, that normally would stop me. Thanks for all you do. I'm loving what you've been up to lately with the 48 Days Eagles. Mike, well, thanks. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for being so open for your question. I know you've been asking questions here openly over a period of years now, and you've made some moves. Obviously, you've taken some action, but this big question, is it too late for me? Now, let me just kind of group this in, group you in here with other emails that we get each week. I mean, here, I've got one from a 51-year-old businessman who says, I feel like I've lived my whole life by accident. 
There's a 56-year-old, a PhD in theology, who is currently driving a bus. He says, I feel like I've been given six seconds to sing, and I'm singing the wrong song. Here's one from a 53-year-old businessman. I feel like my life is a movie that's almost over, and I haven't even bought the popcorn yet. Golly, I love that. Here's a 39-year-old automotive engineer. I'm a butterfly caught in a spider's web with my life slowly being sucked out of me. This one, I remember this one really well. 27-year-old computer specialist. I'm a box of parts and nothing fits together. Here's a 55-year-old dentist who says, failing in my practice, knocked the wind out of my sails, still waiting for a breeze to bring me in. I love how the picturesque some of you are in describing your position. 32-year-old in a family business, the merry-go-round of my professional life has left me no farther than a few steps from where I got on and now with a weak stomach. Wow, so what do you think, where is that age when we cross the line where we're just too old to start something new? You know, if you if your dream was to play quarterback in a Super Bowl, and you're, you know, 53 years old. Maybe the, maybe it is true. You've missed that opportunity. But for most of us, living out our dreams is not one event. Now, you, you know the story of Colonel Harlan Sanders. He got fired from a whole bunch of jobs before starting his own restaurant. Then he failed, went out of business when a freeway came in. Nobody came driving down the little road that used to go right in front of his restaurant. So he found himself broke. Absolutely broke, 65 years old. But he had this recipe for chicken. At 65 years old, he started driving around selling his recipe for a nickel apiece. 65 years old. 10 years later, he was 75, but he had more than 600 Kentucky Fried Chicken franchises in the United States. What if he would have just said, gee, I'm too old. It doesn't matter. As I recall, he got his Social Security check for $101. He was going to get $101 a month on Social Security. And he could either live on that or do something with his little chicken recipe. And he decided to do that instead. Well, you've probably heard me talk about Grandma Moses. Remember her? And as a little girl, she would draw and paint and people would come along with um, great advice. You know, well, that's fine. That's beautiful. But you got to do something responsible, something practical and realistic where you can make a living. So she did. She got a job essentially as a secretary. And that's what she did her entire life until she was 76 years old when her husband died. And she remembered how much she had enjoyed painting. Again, she was 76 years old when she turned out her first painting that we know of that painting was ultimately sold for $1.2 million. Now, that, that was more money than she had generated in her entire working lifetime. She had that skill, that talent, but it had been pushed under the rug because people told her it wasn't practical, wasn't realistic. And it was only after she was 76 years old that she then spent the next 25 years as a painter, as an artist. Golly, you know, see, when, when you find your joy, your passion, your talent, combine those with an economic model, wow, that's that sweet spot we talk about. You can keep writing, rewriting your story until you reach the end, no matter where that is. Whether you're 57, 27, 37, 87, doesn't matter. You keep rewriting the story of what you want your 
life to be. Daniel Pink has a new book out titled The Power of Regret. Daniel's got great books out. He does great research. He endorsed a couple of my books, but his new book, The Power of Regret, he says, as we get older, we regret what we didn't do much more than what we did. I mean, when people are old, they, they don't regret the things they did. They have regrets about what they didn't do. Inaction regrets increase as people age. So he says, what's the lesson for 2023? Start that business, write that novel, ask out that crush, you know, take your shot. You know, just recently, well, actually just last week, I spent a day up at the Savannah Bananas. Now that's the, the wild and crazy baseball team out of Savannah, Georgia, that Jesse Cole started a couple of years ago and it's getting national attention now. They've got over 800,000 people on a waiting list for tickets. Every game they have is sold out. They got a 4,600 4, seat stadium that uh, they sell out and have over 800,000 people on a waiting list. Well, anyway, I, I went up, um, went up and um, spent half a day there with their team learning how they run their business. It was an amazing experience. Then I came back and, and shared it with a small group of people where we meet together weekly. And I had a couple people in there saying, man, I wish I would have done that. Well, I made the invitation to everybody. <laughs> and, and they're saying, man, I wish I would have done that. Well, don't live your life like that. You know, instead, jump into those things that you know you're going to enjoy, but that you would have an opportunity to move your life forward in some way. Hey, I wanna, I've got more stories here that I want to share with you, but I want to just take a quick break to make sure you recognize these are real questions. Keep sending those in. I'm honored to get them. Just go to 48days.com slash askdan to leave your questions there. And if I use your questionnaire, of course, I'll always send you an autographed copy of 48 Days to the Work You Love. Also, our podcast notebook that we've got that's new, that a listener developed. It's beautifully done. I'll send you one of those as well. Again, send your question in to 48days.com slash askdan. So now here's a quick message from our sponsors, and I'm going to be back with another story. Well, I want to mention again a, a friend of mine who's doing some really cool things. His name is Paul Klein. I'm not much of a TV guy. I mean, Joanne and I just don't get engaged in TV shows, movies, and things. We rarely sit and watch TV. We do, you know, puzzles, play games, go places and all that. But but there's one new TV thing going on that I really have found worthwhile, and that's called Visible TV. Now, Visible, just like it sounds, B-I-Z-A-B-L-E, and you can find it at visibletv.com. It's for entrepreneurs. It's for authors, speakers, coaches, consultants, you know, other people that are building their own businesses. And it's the reason I'm attracted to it is because it's really kind of like masterclass. So it's, it's uplifting, it's inspirational, educational. So they're, you know, perfect fit for what I recommend here, the kind of things that I think would be a good use of your time to be watching that. Now, I'll have to admit, I'm one of the people profiled on there because uh, they are taking ordinary people entrepreneurs and unpacking their story and sharing how have they become you know, pretty successful. So on there, you'll see people like Nick Pavlidis. Uh, he's an attorney. He's our Dean of writing in our Eagles community. Incidentally, people like Jeff Brown, who has the podcast read to lead uh, Joseph Bojang is on there. Teresa McCoy, uh, Amy Porterfield, 
but it's it's visible TV and it's certainly worth checking out. You can do a, a free trial, I think they have on there. And we have special offers for people that are involved in their Eagles community to get full access to it as well. But just yeah, check it out, visible TV. Again, one of those resources I want you to know about. Now, I want to talk about some of the things that I've done just so I don't grow old with a lot of regrets. I, I talked to my son the other day, Kevin, who hosts the podcast, a really, really successful podcast called Self Helpful. Uh, Kevin Miller used to be uh, the Ziegler Show. Uh, he took that over. He's been doing that for several years now. But anyway, he said he's going to an event in, in the Grand Tetons in September. It's called Suffer Fest. S U F F E R Fest. Suffer Fest. I, what the heck is that? Are you kidding me? Well, here's the deal. So it's it's three days, and it's going to be 35 guys that get together. And the Grand Tetons are flying into Jackson Hole, going to the up to the Grand Tetons. They're going to be up at 11,000 feet, and they're going to do a 40 mile hike in 16 hours. Now the deal is. You don't just raise your hand and say, gee, that sounds like fun. No, you've got to prove that you've got the stamina, that you have the athletic prowess to be a candidate to do this. This is by invitation only. There's just, uh, again, 35 people, 35 guys are going to be on this particular one that they're going. And it's really interesting um, the the way they set it up. They go, you know, they fly up, they stay in nice hotels, they have, eat nice meals and everything. And at the end of the three days, they just put all their receipts in a bucket. They put them, they add everything together and you pay your percentage. So it's a, it's a shared expenses kind of thing. Um, not a big registration fee, but it's shared expenses to have this time together. And then they do some really structured interaction together. I mean, the theory being that you uh, break down those walls of holding back what you're willing to share if you've done something together with somebody else. But think about the process of um, Habitat for Humanity or even Ikea, you know, where you get together and put something together. But this is Sufferfest, but it's intentionally meant to be really rugged physically. I mean, there's some guys who won't make it, but it's Sufferfest, and there are guys who do have accidents. But... uh, just the name kind of lets you know what this is going to be. Now, why would somebody choose to do that? Well, there are some things that if you push through, it may open an opportunity or a new way of thinking on the other side. You know, Tommy Caldwell is the author of The Push. Now, he's a guy who does mountain climbing all over the world. And he talks about what he calls elective hardship. Elective hardship. Choosing to do something that's challenging so that it will prepare you for something on the other side of that. Now, as I record this, I'm recovering from two swollen hands, two scraped knees, a strained leg muscle, a bruised chin. Now, I'm giving you the really light version. I'm certainly not going to post pictures of what I actually look like. And I'd like to tell you I was, you know, scaling a cliff in the rainforest in Costa Rica or something exotic like that. But actually I was just playing pickleball right here in my neighborhood. Now, as we all know, that's kind of the new sport rage around the country right now, pickleball. So I, I jumped in. Why not? You know, it's something new. I've not done that. 
haven't played tennis in a long time, so jump into pickleball. Well, I went to the urgent care center nearby fairly quickly, and the gals there actually laughed at my malady. Uh, I went in, it was early on a Sunday morning, and um, I was the only person there, but they, they really, they laughed at me and with me. I mean, I wasn't in any danger. I just was really banged up and had to have some x-rays done and those kind of things. Anyway, they, they said the, the urgent care centers, the orthopedic doctors, the physical therapists and surgeons in our area here in Sarasota, they all love pickleball because of the surge and the need for their services. They said it's the number one injuries resource that they, that they know of. The number one injury source is pickleball here in Sarasota, Florida. So anyway, the point is I was doing something new. You know, something I'd never done before. Now, I don't enjoy the healing time and the limitations that has brought, and I don't really plan to go back to it again. I don't think so. I'm still debating on that. Joanne thinks I would be crazy to do it. But, but I don't regret having tried because it was something new for me. And with every new experience, I learned something. Now, a few months ago, I went up to the Porsche driving experience up in Atlanta, courtesy of a podcast listener and now friend, Steve Sponseller. He was a patent attorney from attorney. We flew in the night before, got up the next morning, had breakfast together, then walked out to the track. I mean, had an adrenaline rushing, I mean, a mind-blowing two hours on the track, taking that 911 Porsche Carrera 4S through the turns, being thrown into spin-outs on the water, doing full acceleration blast up to 130 miles an hour. Now, why would I do something like that? I mean, there were, there were so many lessons in that. I mean, I can't list them all here, but one of them, I had this, I had a, a driving instructor with us. We each did. So it was me and a driving instructor. His name was Cezanne in there. He was amazing. He would just walk me through what to do and, uh, you know, just, just help me with this. And I, oh, one of the lessons that I came away with, I'll never forget it, is he says, Dan, loosen up your hands. You're too tight. You know, my, my turns were too rapid too quick. He said, loosen your hand. If you, he said, if you're less aggressive, this car will dance with you. And I thought, oh my gosh, how many times in life have I been in situations where if I would have just chilled out a little bit, back off, loosen my grip, the situation, the people, whatever would dance with me. If you're less aggressive, this car will dance with you. I, I love those things. I, I, that's why I look for opportunities. I look for new experiences because I know I'm going to learn things that I don't currently know. So what did I learn from my pickleball experience? I don't even, I'm still unpacking that perhaps, but I learned that it takes discipline to keep your feet firmly planted. It's not always wise to make an instant dive, even if you miss the ball in that particular volley. The other players told me quickly, they said, Dan, you don't dive for a ball like that. You just stand in your quadrant. And if you get it, you get it. If you don't, it goes on. That's how we play. I thought, well, gee, nobody informed me of that before. I thought you'd go all out. And uh, so I learned sometimes it's better to keep your feet firmly planted, even if you miss something that's kind of outside your scope. But I look for first, I mean, things that I've not done before. And I, I, I keep thinking about Mike's question here. You know, Mike, you know, your idea about you know, coming to an event, flying across the country. Man, I, I mean, I just pick up and do that all the time. Um, fiction, fiction books don't appeal to me. 
and I have I have to force myself to get any of those into the rotation for my reading. I read a lot of books, but not fiction. But I just read Tim Bishop's new book, The Persistent Road. It was about a guy who went through some challenges and to recover and kind of reboot his life. He went on a, a bicycle trip across the country, which Tim, in fact, has done. But it was fascinating. Tim's a friend. I started it just so I could honestly tell him that I looked at it, and then I got hooked. I just started reading. I couldn't stop, went all the way through. So in as much as I say I don't like reading fiction books, that told me maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I would enjoy an occasional one after all. You know, maybe I'm closing myself off from that mind adventure that would add a rich element to my life. Now, yeah, I've mentioned going to Savannah Bananas. They have a backstage experience. This is not something that's promoted, but uh, Jeff McManus, uh, Jeff is in charge of all the landscaping, horticulture at Ole Miss University. Great guy. He put this together, and he said they got space for 15 guys, $1,000 a piece, 15 of us to go. And we get this backstage experience to really see what are they doing that has grown their organization so dramatically where they're now playing in bigger stadiums around the country and do instant sellouts of those. They're getting invited to all the major league baseball stadiums to come and play there. They're being noticed by ESPN and getting a lot of national. They have massive swag sales. They sell their, you know, shirts, hats, things like that with Savannah bananas on it to people all around the world. I mean, I recently wore a Savannah Banana shirt to a restaurant right here in Osprey, Florida, Deep Lagoon. It's a really cool place. Went there, had my Savannah Banana shirt on. The waiter, young waiter we had, was freaked out that I knew about Savannah Bananas and that I personally know Jesse Cole. I mean, that's the kind of that's the kind of reputation that they have. But again, I I went. I, I didn't have any clear expectations for what I was going to get. As a matter of fact. It's funny, we went, and the deal was to go, then it was to include all morning with the young staff people. They would each take turns unpacking what they do to run the organization so well. And then we would have a little break, and then at night, we'd come back at 4.30, and we'd have VIP seats for the game, and it's uh, all-you-can-eat food, which is one of their unique things anyway, but all you can eat food now. And so we were looking forward to that. Well, at four o'clock, we got a call that the game had been canceled because of rain. It canceled. There was too much lightning. So we didn't get that. Do I feel cheated because I didn't get to actually go to a game? Not at all. As a matter of fact, before we even started the event, I had dinner with the other 15 people that were there for this, uh, some of whom were Chick-fil-A owner-operators. The connections I made with them were way more valuable than what I paid for the whole experience if I had done nothing more than that. So there was that. Then we had the time with the young staff where I took volumes of notes, have a lot of things to apply to my own business and to help coach other people in their businesses. There was that. So I didn't get the game. I don't feel cheated. I mean, they, they will certainly welcome us coming back again if I want to, but I doubt that I'll make the trip. It's a long trip. Probably won't. But I still got way you know, big, big value out of doing that. And then again, immediately had other people say, well, I wish I would have gone. You know, they knew about it. They were invited, but they just didn't pull the trigger. I wish I would have gone. Don't, don't put yourself in that situation. I wish I would have, I wish I would have. 
pull the trigger and do these things that can open your mind, expand you into new opportunities, new ways of thinking. Um, I'm right now, I, I don't know that I should share this. I'm not sure what it will mean, but I'm looking for a spiritual director. Now, I've had coaches in a whole lot of different areas. I've had speaking coaches and speech coaches, podcasting coaches, blog coast coaches, business coaches, personal coaches, counselors, and all that, but I've never had a spiritual director. Well, I'm at this point where having come from a very legalistic background growing up as a kid, you know, Mennonite Amish, you've heard me talk about that. And then I've gone through, uh, Joanna and I've had a very um, unique, very wonderful kind of ecumenical journey. We've been parts of Baptist churches, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal, Methodist, Presbyterian. I could go on, you'd be amazed with, and we've, we've loved all of that. But I have a whole lot of content about spiritual growth, spiritual wellness in my head. I've re- read a lot of books in that arena, continue to do so. And I feel like I've got a whole lot up there that is not really clearly formed. And I want a spiritual director to kind of help me make sense of all this, all the this big bag of marbles that I've got in my head bouncing around. So not complicated, but I just, I'm looking for somebody. That's a new experience for me. I'm not even sure how coachable I am in that arena, because I like things to be clearly laid out. I like an agenda, a process, and spiritual direction is is typically not like that. But anyway, it's just one of those one of those new things that I'm looking to do to make sure that I don't miss a better experience on the back end. So, Tim, my goodness, we'd love to see you at our event in Sarasota. If you can make that work, fantastic. If it's not that, do something else. Again, I remind you of our quotation for today: "Do one thing every day that scares you." comes from Eleanor Roosevelt. Well, we're going to wrap it up with that. Got a whole bunch of more questions in the queue here. We'll be back next week to unpack some more of those. Not sure what direction we'll go, but I love these that kind of are grouped together. Uh, thanks for sending those in. Again, just shoot them in to 48days.com slash askdan. Leave your question there. But thanks for sending in your questions for being listeners, love hearing from you all, the things you're going through, the things where you're growing, where you're having wins, where you're having challenges. Love hearing all of that. So share this episode with a couple of your friends who may need a, a push to get in the game and do something rather than the regret of not doing something, the regret of inaction. They'll thank you for sharing the information to kind of move them over the, the hurdle there, perhaps. So become known as a person who is positive, somebody who offers hope and encouragement to others. I mean, even though it got a lot of you ordering books from us, and I know by the quantity of books you're ordering, you're not going to read the same one over and over, but uh, it's clear that you're ordering books to give to other people. I appreciate that. Uh, They'll thank you for that. If it's something that opens them up to a new opportunity, helps them succeed, it elevates your credibility and value in their eyes. You know, be that kind of person I know if you're listening here, you are. And stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.